Testing, testing, one, two. Testing, testing, one, two. Gotta kind of keep my hands. Howdy and welcome to Your Why at Chapelwood Podcast. This is Evan Nering. Excited for y'all to join us today on our season finale. What an incredible journey it's been to record seven episodes now for Your Why. I hope you all have enjoyed it as much as I have. It's been just a blessing to be able to sit down with so many amazing people and hear about so many amazing personal stories and stories of organizations and how God is reaching the people of the world, the people in Houston, and sharing his love and what an amazing thing it is to be a part of that. And I hope that y'all have enjoyed hearing those stories as well. And I hope that they have encouraged you to begin to ask yourself, what is your why? Why are you doing what you are doing? It truly is an amazing thing to be able to sit down and figure out how the God of the universe has designed you on an individual level to be. I know that as I sit down with these people and I ask these questions about why your organization was formed, why it does what it does, what has God done to bring you here, why do you do what you do, I find myself asking myself those same questions about myself and Chapelwood and everything we are doing here. And today's episode really just reminds me of how big the world is and how big God is, that he reaches through cultures and through time to reach people and that Chapelwood has been partnering with Mount Methodist Hospital for a long time, decades. And we are so privileged to be able to have Stanley Katari and Justice Moretti on. Justice Moretti is the new CEO of Mount Methodist Hospital. And Stanley Katari has been working with Mount Methodist Hospital for long, long time now. And just to hear both of their stories of how God has called them and what he has placed on their hearts with this hospital and the ministries that are associated with it is truly just, again, a blessing and encouragement for me. And I hope it's encouragement for y'all to realize that whenever God's calling you to something, it's never too big. God can open up doors in ways that you have never imagined were possible. And that just rings through this entire interview that we had. And to hear about all the ministries and partnerships and things happening at the hospital right now from them is just truly incredible. And to see that God is providing for his people and sharing his love with people that would never have a chance through a hospital in Maui, Kenya. Just want to spend a couple minutes now reflecting on the journey of the Your Why podcast and how what it has started off as and what it's grown to today. So, I mean, we started off back with this idea in June, and from there we've seen many people come along and partner with and many different ministries come in and just be amazed at what we are doing here. It isn't possible without you, the listener, listening, because if no one's listening, then it's kind of pointless at the end of the day. It's fun for me to do, and it's fun for people to come in and talk about what God has done in their life and what they're doing through their organization, but, you know, we're doing this for y'all to listen and learn and experience and hopefully understand what God has designed you to be and what to figure out your why. So, you know, starting off with episode one with Taylor Phillips and YM to John Nadolski and Living Water. We've had, you know, organizations like MAM and Houston Welcomes Refugees. You know, we've had a whole assortment of people on and amazing stories, and I am just super grateful for what God has provided in this and what he continues to provide in this. You know, we've had Betty Ann Taylor on with Year Round Mana. We've had the restoration team on. I mean, just an amazing sort of just different areas in life, both here in Houston at the global and national level that 
are meeting different needs, but through all those needs, the, the gospel is being spread and the good news and the love of Christ is being shared. And so we are just so excited to be partnering with all these people and for y'all to understand more of what Chapelwood is doing. For me personally, you know, I have always had a heart for ministry and it's something that God had always been putting on the back of my mind, hey, you should go into ministry. And I always thought, you know, no, that's not really what I want to do. God, no, I want to go be a lawyer. I want to go into the army. I had a bunch of different things. I had my life planned out whenever I was going to high school. And God, my senior year of high school at Pine Cove, radically shook my life. Whenever my counselor took me aside and said, hey, I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling me you should go into full-time ministry. And again, it was something I had in the back of my head, but it was something that I never thought would I was really fit for, or I really wanted to give up other things to do. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit intercepted me and crashed my walls down and said, this is what I'm calling you into. And ever since then, it's been a journey to figure out what ministry he's calling me into. And never in a thousand years would I, as a senior in high school, thought I would be sitting here four or five years later doing this. But just where God has called me and what he has provided in my life has been truly amazing. So hearing these similar stories just, again, reminds me over and over again of how God provides. And he can do the same thing for you. And he will provide when he needs it. All right, so we're going to go ahead and jump into that interview with Stanley Guattari and Justice Moretti. I hope you all enjoy and are able to take out away as much as I was. All right, we are here with Justice Moretti and Stanley how do you say your out? I feel Gittari. like Gitari, uh, both from Mao Methodist Hospital. Do you guys want to take turns introducing yourselves and your roles? I my name is Justus Morete. Um, I recently got invited to become the chief executive officer for Mao Methodist Hospital, uh, joining my colleague here, Stanley Gitari, and other senior managers uh, to work together uh, to make some. Um, plans for how we can improve services at Mawa Methodist Hospital. Good morning, my name is Stanley Gitare. Like I've said, I've worked in Mawa Methodist Hospital for the last 34 years. And during that time, I've worked in various uh, capacities, especially in the community health. And uh, for many years, I've been uh, the coordinator for community health program because Mawa Methodist Hospital has got a very comprehensive health care, uh, community health care program that involves uh, care for people living with HIV, maternal child health, and family planning, and also reaching out to various uh, communities. Uh, recently, my job uh, was uh, expanded a little bit. Now I am uh, the uh, community strategy and advancement, which means uh, I more or less uh, work on um, uh, public relations, uh, like marketing of the hospital, and focusing mostly on the donor uh, support for the hospital, and especially um, liaising with the mission partners and the uh, American donors, especially from the churches that sup uh, support the hospital. Uh, thank you. It's great having you all on today. Um, really excited. I mean, this has been one of Chapelwood's oldest partners um, on the global level and just a lot of cool partnerships and ways that guys have been moving over the years through this. Um, and I'm excited to now personally be involved with it and to see where this is going for the future. So 
can we get, I don't know who would be, be better to answer this, but get kind of a snapshot, like a brief statement of kind of how this all started with the hospital. Yeah, my, the way we started with the chapel, it is uh, very many years ago, almost 1998, when uh, the first team from uh, chapel, the visitant, uh, especially Colin and later on Noel came. And uh, during that time, the hospital had a lot of uh, problems with the water. And uh, we appealed to chapel that they give us money to drill the well that we have in the hospital. And uh, ever since that time, Chapelwood has been coming and has been uh, a great support of Mohammed and Hospital, big projects, uh, buying equipment and supporting us with uh, a lot of other programs in the community, like building in so fans homes. And uh, recently they also began to help us with the Street Children Rescue Center, where they support the ministry that is uh, responding to the needs of the children in the street in Mawa. Uh, in uh, our rescue center. Uh, Chapel didn't give us some money to start the office, which we have begun. And we are slowly completing that office because the office will be used as an uh, uh, office for the staff and also a conference room. Uh, to When we bring people there for training, they can be able to use uh, uh, that office. And uh, for me, we are so grateful to Chapel because they have really been part of Mohammedis Hospital and uh, supporting with big equipment like uh, the generator, like uh, the wash machines, and uh, many other other supplies that they have supported over the years. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I think it's been really cool to see the history behind this partnership and to see how it started and what it's grown to today and the fact that Chapelwood has come along and as things have grown and new programs have started, just like you were saying with the Promise Child Center and all that, is that Chapelwood has partnered with that as well and that they have continued to grow their support, um, which is really cool. Mr. Moretti, can you give us uh, maybe a little bit more of a history of how the hospital itself started and what it's grown into today? Well, Mawa Methodist Hospital was started by the United Methodist Church uh, from the UK um, in 1928. So it's a little over 90 years. And uh, over time, it has grown from a small health facility to a hospital that um, uh, provides comprehensive care um, 24 hours um, with a, an emergency department and an outpatient uh, department that is open 24 hours a day, and also with an inpatient that has 200 beds. Um, and now um, we realize that the, the, there are major changes in terms of community health needs, um, with some of the emerging diseases being lifestyle diseases um, to do with um, um, uh, diabetes and uh, even some types of cancers and other non-communicable diseases and on that's on one hand on the other hand um, development with the transportation has brought new challenges where new means of transportation like motorcycles and motor vehicles um, you know are beginning to cause a lot of accidents 
and uh, the hospital, we have realized the need to develop some strategies to um, be able to take care of these new emerging needs of medical care. And so that's why we are focusing on establishment of a trauma care center, uh, and bringing on orthopedic um, surgeons and uh, bringing on services like um, intensive care unit that would uh, ensure that we receive people who come from serious um, accidents and we are able to give them intensive uh, you know, care. Uh, so that they can, we can save lives as well as restore people become, before they become permanently dis disabled. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really neat, and I have enjoyed over the past couple of weeks learning more and more about everything happening there and the history and just the, the needs that the hospital provides to the community, um, which is awesome. Um, so I don't think I've shared this with y'all, but this podcast is called your why. Um, and the heart, the reason we call it that is because we really like to dive into what the personal, why people do what they do mm -hmm. and why organizations do what they do. Like what needs that you see that you need to come in and start doing this and how does that work? So I'd like to ask that about the hospital. Um, and what needs have you seen in the community arise and how's the hospital, kind of risen up to meet those needs? Like, why does the hospital do what it does? Well, um, the hospital was started by the church. So it is um, uh, kind of the ministry of healing for the church, where uh, it, we could say it, it's actually ministering to the real needs of people, and many of them are not even members of the church. And so it's, it's kind of... Um, um, the door to receiving people and when people are cared for because they have physical needs they are from an accident or they have pneumonia or some other disease it, it, they become captive um, audience for the gospel, the good news because um, those who need uh, admission into the hospital will spend a week some of them even longer and while they are in the hospital we do have chaplains on, on staff, and therefore, we take that opportunity to share the good news with um, those who come and they are admitted. And we emphasize also that every member of staff, Mawa Methodist Hospital has nearly 330 staff, and um, we emphasize that everyone who is on staff, whether they are a doctor, or a nurse, or an accountant, or a social worker, or cleaners. Everyone has a place um, using the doctrine of uh, priesthood of all believers. Everyone is called to reach out and to share the good news. And so the, the hospital is really um, the, the, like the, um, the action, you know, faith and works. It's, uh, the, the part of the branch of the church that invites people and ministers to them and invites everyone to um, have personal faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And we, we see people sometimes turn around. The hospitalization becomes a turning point for, for some of them. And that, that's like, you know, they come in because they are sick, um, but they 
go out with more than physical healing. So it's that, and that's in a way that's that's what draws me to serve in a faith-based uh, hospital. Yeah, I think it's uh, really neat that you're able to bring people in who are either meeting medical needs or serving medical needs or whatever that might not be Christian or looking for going into a church, but through those needs are able to share the gospel and show the love of Christ. Um, And I think you probably reach a lot of people who would never hear that if it wasn't for the hospital and the way it's set up. Mm -hmm. Even people from other faiths, you know, who are, let's say, actively opposed to the gospel, when they come and they see that people are serving them, and sometimes they will dig um, into the reasons why why are these people so compassionate, and then that creates an opportunity to say, "I am serving um, just like Jesus Christ would do," and then some would desire to be to become Christians because some some people have never even met or been close to Christians, and they would never. And they, they would not have an opportunity to tell the difference between being some other faith rather than Christian. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, really neat stuff there. Um, now, Stanley, would you like to share? Uh, there's been a whenever I was at the Friends of Mauer Hospital conference, there was a lot of different organizations talking there about kind of their partnerships and all these things that have kind of branched off. Um, do you want to share maybe about one or two of those and, again, the why behind those and how that arose? Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, Mohammed Methodist Hospital began the community health department in 1977, a very comprehensive uh, outreach program because of uh, training students in the community aspect. And over the years, um, when I joined the hospital and they went to the community health, I could see a lot of needs within our community and uh, we, we always asked how can the hospital respond because uh, although we are there to treat the sick, but we also wanted to teach people now to uh, prevent disease because uh, there was an active effort of uh, disease prevention. So some of the programs like uh, HIV AIDS programs uh, for the orphans and the vulnerable children the hospital saw the need of all the children because so many people had died and the, the hospital would not just sit there and do nothing. So they wanted to respond to that need, work with the grandmothers who supported those children and they also have a program that targets those uh, orphans and the vulnerable children. Some of the programs that uh, we trying to do as a hospital or as a community health was actually to enroll these children to schools uh, providing them with the uniform or shoes, and also have a program for the grandmothers. Uh, we used to bring them, f- make them form groups so that they can they can have like supporting groups uh, for them. And uh, we would also provide them food to to to, to uh, provide to these children. The other program uh, we realize is uh, because there was so much need for these children. We thought we can help these uh, extended family members to support the children uh, with uh, either friends or family or some good Samaritans uh, who would take care of them. And in 2004, we saw there was so much need for housing for some of these grandmothers because when, the, when their, their fa- parents died, they all came back to their grandparents 
and these grandparents did not have a place to keep them. So we, we thought we could start a program. And what we did was uh, we organized the hospital staff to do a nine kilometer walk. And we walked to Machungolo and we raised only $500. And during that time, we were sharing with the Kademan who was working at the conference office here. And uh, together with the Colin who came from this church, they came and I, we shared with them the need for these uh, grandparents. And I remember when they came back, they gave us a grant to start uh, building homes for this offer. At, at first, we thought maybe we can build uh, like, an, uh, like um, an orphanage. But we said uh, this one is not good for the children because of the challenge for maintenance and so forth. So we um, asked them, we help the children with the extended family members. And from that time, from 2004, the hospital has really been so helpful to these people because we have built more than 632 units within the community. And it's all um, through the generosity of uh, Christians and especially Chapelwood has been a part of that uh, project. The other need we saw was the, the street children in Mawa Town. Uh, around uh, 2012 and uh, some years below that one, I, I saw uh, a lot of children now beginning to come to Mawa and before we never had any street children. So we, we, I said, what can we do? What can Mawa Church do? What can Mawa Methodist Hospital do? First, because we didn't want to do something that uh, even the government does not uh, approve. So I went out, I talked with the leaders, we had meetings with them in the hospital, and we said we need to address the issue of these children who are everywhere in the, in, in the village. And uh, so everyone agreed there was a need to do something. And then, of course, um, by that time, we were beginning a partnership with the UTMB, uh, University of uh, Texas Medical Branch. And Michael happened to come, and I told him, we, can we do a study? Because also we wanted to do kind of a baseline survey so that the hospital does not just do a program that is not based on any scientific uh, reasoning. So when we did the study, we found, yes, there was a need. Then our church had a big farm. 73 acres of land, which they were willing to give us because nobody was working on, on it. So they allowed us, we, we signed an MOU with them to allow us to use that place as a place for rescuing these children. And uh, of course, we also have another program because uh, when HIV was so bad in Kenya, uh, we also worked with an, another organization called Grace Africa which is registered here in the U.S. and also in Kenya. And uh, the hospital identified one particular place called Adirogaiti to do a survey. And we found there were so many children with the, uh, who were abandoned, I mean, who were, who were orphaned because of HIV. And so the U.S., uh, the PEFA funds were willing to help us. In Kenya, total, they were doing 16 centers for early childhood education. And we also grabbed that opportunity to start a school there with a church uh, in Adrogaiti. And that school has really grown. Now is the school that we call uh, Clark uh, Academy. But it's all started from the hospital, look, seeing the need and working with the partners uh, to respond to the needs. And it has really made a tremendous uh, improvement in terms of early childhood education and also working with the community members. Yeah, I just, 
I feel like it's just amazing to hear about all of the stuff that's happening with y'all in Kenya because y'all are meeting so many needs and God is working through that and hearing the stories of just, you know, God's love being shown um, in many different ways is it's touching to me and it's uh, comforting to me and it re-energizes me. It reminds me of why I'm here is, you know, we're here to reach, we're called to reach the people um, and spread the good news of the gospel. And there's many ways to do that. And y'all are doing that in many different ways. Um, so how can, if so, for the person listening to this podcast, how can they get involved, more involved with everything y'all have? Whether, um, what that looks like on mission, maybe it's giving money. What, what does that look like for someone to kind of come alongside and say, we want to partner with what y'all are doing? No. Um, when we are responding to new and emerging needs uh, from the community, this calls for investment. Uh, number one, investment is scaled personnel. In terms of responding to the trauma needs for, of people coming from accidents, we have invited, we've been very fortunate to have um, a top orthopedic surgeon commit to come to Maui long term, beginning December. And he, is, he happens to be married to also a, a, a medical doctor who is a, also a top physician for internal medicine. Now, these are Kenyans who will need to be, they will need a salary, they will need a wage, and their services, their service in terms of building up the patients they take care of uh, will take time to build, probably six months or seven months or so. And therefore, in order for them to generate enough income to meet, you know, to have their wages, that calls for an initial help with their wages and salaries. And so anyone who feels they can come along and help Mawa Hospital in the initial stages while we start with this would be welcome. Another thing we want to do which is really developing the hospital to become a training center for doctors and nurses and other healthcare workers, is starting the practice of family medicine, which will lead to improvement in diagnosis in outpatient and care for improved care for patients in the medical wards and um, pediatric ward. And that, uh, again, we've been very fortunate to have a top um, um, specialist in family medicine uh, actually, who, who was born about uh, 40 kilometers from Mawa Hospital and has been practicing in the U.S. for the first the past 15 years. And this lady, Hester, she has committed to come to work, help her own people in Mawa community, Mawa Hospital community. And she's, she also, you know, we will need to get her started and as we improve things, we could do with some support for initial support with wages for six months or so. Uh, that those are three people who are a major investment in the hospital in terms of scales that they bring. And uh, this will be also a huge encouragement to the other staff um, because we the mantra that we have is that, uh, you know, junior doctors, uh, nurses, and anyone else can come to Maua and they can develop their career. And these, these three are going to be examples of how 
professionals can develop their careers at Maua Hospital to the topmost level and, you know, continue training others. There are other opportunities. It's not just money. There are other opportunities. For example, the specialized services of ICU, HDU. Uh, we don't have enough nurses who are trained in these specialty areas. And therefore, any anyone who is trained as a intensive care nurse um, would volunteer to come four weeks or whatever length they can find, take a break from their usual job and come help to train our staff in becoming uh, good caregivers in these specialized areas. And there are also other things like, uh, you know, the type, the range of medical equipment that we need in these areas, uh, from patient monitors, from even simple items like and um, uh, and washing, um, you know, um, automated ad washing in order to cut down on the infection rate, uh, transmission of um, infections. And then, of course, there are every items like uh, bands, you know, we ICU and even general, uh, general band uh, wants. We need bands which can reduce the, make it more friendly for our healthcare workers so that they can raise them automatically and not have to bed and break their backs or injure their backs. There is a whole range of opportunities on how people can participate, both by coming and also, um, you know, giving to support what we are developing at uh, Mahua Hospital. And remember, we also have a College of Health Sciences with uh, about 150 students, nursing students, community health workers. And so we do have opportunities for people to come and get involved for whatever length of time they can get a break from their usual jobs. Yeah. Wow. A lot of cool things. Stanley, you have anything? Yeah. Yeah. What I would like to add is uh, in addition to all that uh, uh, we have said, uh, it would also be very, very important that uh, people actually, if possible, we like short-term volunteers, like you said, uh, because we would like people to become ambassadors for Moa Methodist Hospital. And uh, without coming there and seeing and touching and participating and seeing the needs, it's very difficult for one actually to understand the situation. So we would uh, appeal for uh, when the teams are coming, uh, it's not just necessarily money that we want, but we also want people to come in person because they help us in evangelism. They help us to show that the Christians care and they are willing to deny themselves because coming to, to Kenya is really a sacrifice because of cost involved. And uh, when they are there, they see the needs themselves and they can come and share with the people here, and they also get changed because uh, it is all transforming um, lives. So we would, uh, in addition, with all the needs and the requirements that we have, we would like also people to, if they have time, like uh, our CEO has said, we need uh, people with the skills, those who can come and actually, you know, educate our staff, yeah. transfer those skills to our staff, and we, we that would be very good for us. Awesome. Um, yeah, and I think for, if you're listening, and 
you know, hearing them talk about all that's happening over in Kenya um, and whether you feel like you're wanting to go there in person and volunteer or you're feeling like you need to give money, um, reach out to me and we can figure out how what that looks like. Um, we as Chapwood, we send a team every other summer to go to Kenya. And even if it's not on our, even if you can't go on our schedule, there are many missions happening to Kenya with the hospital from other churches that are that are looking for people that can go along with them. So reach out to me at e nearing e n e h r i n g at chapelwood.org c h a p e l w o o d dot org, um, and we can figure out what that looks like. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to move into the last part of the interview. Uh, we're going to be talking about more about y'all's personal stories and y'all's personal whys. Um, so does someone, uh, do either one of y'all have a preference of who goes first of just sharing kind of what God has brought you to to bring you to this point? Yeah, I would like, I'd like to share my story because uh, mine is, a, is a very fascinating to me, uh, even myself how I got called to this ministry. Because myself, I wasn't going to school. Uh, but one day I went to my village. I saw the missionaries from our Methodist Hospital actually attending to the very sick children. That time there was a lot of malnutrition, a lot of diarrheal diseases, a lot of uh, um, illness everywhere. And I felt, I went home and I told my father I want to go to school so that I can become a nurse. And uh, when I went to school, I mean to my father, he said, yes, you can go to school. And uh, so the next day I went to, to a primary school and I was taken to a nursery uh, or OECD class. But I was so big, nine years, you know, you are big. <laughs> so the next day I was promoted to class one and <laughs> because I couldn't fit with the children. And I made a lot of effort. Um, actually, when I finished, I went to secondary school and I finished. Uh, I applied to Mao Methodist Hospital. Surprisingly, because Mao Methodist Hospital was staffed by missionaries, I only paid $7 for three and a half years. And that ensured me a stipend. Every month we were paying like 100 shillings. And uh, so mine was uh, just God uh, uh, calling. So I, I went through the training. And then, 1984, just when I had been employed, there was a, a great famine in Kenya. And uh, I remember at night wondering, what can I do? I see so many people coming to Maua with their babies on their back. They are crying. There's nobody giving them food. So I wrote to the, I found a, a reader's digest that I went and I wrote a letter to the British Red Cross. And I said, there's a, a lot of need here. Children are dying. There's no food. Nobody's bothering. So after a month, I got a letter. I mean, I got the people coming from Kenya Red Cross looking for Stanley. And I, f I thought I had done something wrong. The CID <laughs> were coming for me. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I, anyway, I wanted to hide. But because that time I was so junior, I was just uh, uh, a ward nurse. I didn't have any position in the hospital. But here, Stanley, some people are coming to look for him. So anyway, I, they said, you wrote a letter to the British Red Cross, and you said the people are dying of, of anger. I said, yes. Can you go to show us? So I went to show them this place they couldn't believe. They saw the fresh graves, children dying, very sick, animals can't walk. 
So when they went back, I was given food to feed the people in that community for five good years. Twen a 40 feet container every month for five good years. This is Stanley. He, he is not related to anybody. My family is so poor. I am not related to any big person or any, any, any pastor in Kenya. And God just picked me to bring relief to the people. And then it, that was not all. Uh, not all. 1986, there was a World Methodist Conference that took place in Kenya. And uh, the bishop, after the, the meeting, the, the bishops came to visit. Uh, the hospital, and I, I was lucky I was given the Oklahoma Conference uh, Bishop. I was told, Stanley, can you take him around? Again, from nowhere, I don't know. So I took the bishop around, and as we were walking, he asked me, Stanley, what is the greatest need of this hospital? And I told him, Bishop, well, there are so many needs. But uh, the greatest need at that time was the missionaries who were going home, and they were not being replaced. So I told the bishop, we, we, cannot, we are not able to attract Kenyan registered nurses to come and work in this hospital. Can I, is it possible for me to get a scholarship and get trained to become a nurse and come back to serve in this hospital? So the bishop uh, just kept quiet. He, di he didn't tell me anything. He came home and he wrote me a letter later. He said, yes, Stanley, we'll give you a scholarship to come. But the condition is you come alone without your family. And I had uh, just married, uh, I had a three-year-old child. I remember crying. But I said, I told my wife, I'm going to take this, this offer because uh, God is calling me for something uh, I cannot be able to describe. So I came for one year, I worked very hard. I was always on the dean's honor roll or president's honor roll. And then he agreed to give me the, the scholarship for my wife and child to come. So when we finished, um, I finished, I did my exams, I started, I was employed by one of the hospitals there. I worked for one year, and uh, then I waited for Mary to finish. And the moment she finished, I told her we must go back. Because we had a promise that we go to serve the people. And um, of course, people would not understand, they thought, Stanley, you are very foolish. How can you come to America and go home? Everybody comes here, they, they refuse to go home. But I said, no, the, the money is not the issue here. It is answering the call of Jesus Christ because we, the reason we came here, it is because so that we can be betrayed, we go back home. And I thank God because ever since, um, we, God has used us to really uh, do a lot of things in our community. And uh, I thank God for that opportunity. So my story is like that. And uh, when I remember where God has uh, <laughs> taken me <Yeah. laughs> with this hospital over the years, it is, uh, even myself, I'm not able to explain. Yeah. And the passion that I have for this hospital because God caught me in a special way. All right, Mr. Moretti, do you want to share kind of your story now of how God has brought you into this position and this role? Well, I am happy to share a, a summary of um, how, how I came to Maua. Um, let, let me start by um, just saying that um, when I completed my undergraduate studies, I 
sort of I, I, I got into healthcare services management, not as a you know, I, I wasn't thinking before that I would really work like to work in a healthcare sector. I was more like thinking that I would like to be, you know, an economist and work with the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some economy, you know, like the central bank or something mm-hmm. like that to just, uh, you know, make money and uh, both for myself and to develop, you know, family. But then I got uh, invited to work in the public health care sector and I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship um, um, through the President Jefferson Fellowship Program. And I, I went to train at the Boston University School of Public Health in Boston. And when I returned to uh, Kenya, I, I worked at the, the top, the biggest hospital in the country, the Kenyatta National Hospital, which is 2,000 beds and a very busy place. And I quickly realized that, uh, um, actually, my realization came as a result of my accepting to follow Christ in 1998. Over time, I, I, I really wanted to serve in a faith-based healthcare sector, and I was fortunate to be invited into one of the leading um, hospitals um, ran by the AIM, Africa Inland Mission, Kijabe Hospital. And I, I served there for a number of years, um, going on to... I also work with a partner for that hospital, caring for children who have physical disabilities. And um, um, a few years ago, actually two, about two, three years ago, um, I got invited to serve on the the board, the hospital board from our hospital, which uh, brought me, uh, you know, into close contact with the Mawa Methodist Hospital, and I. I, I realized, you know, the, the potential for Mawa Hospital. I quickly saw that, you know, a hospital that was started in 1928 as the very first hospital in that the whole region, um, a pioneer institution, which and the capacity to play a leading role as a healthcare provider and training facility. I saw some of the things we had done in the previous hospital where I worked in. And I realized the potential for Mawa Methodist Hospital to improve its services to the community is something I completely identify with. And so that's, that's what, uh, you know, makes me passionate about being part of Mawa Methodist Hospital. And now, over these past two weeks, I have come to appreciate, you know, that there are other people who are willing to support the work of Mawa Methodist Hospital. Uh, Chapelhood United Methodist Church is one of them. Uh, you know, the others like Lakehood, where I was yesterday, and uh, Friendswood. Um, I, I realized that uh, there are people who are willing to partner with Mawa Methodist Hospital to ensure that it plays a leading role in being a very um, effective and impactful institution in um, in Kenya, actually, not just Maua uh, Methodist um, area, and because um, the need is huge, the need is huge for healthcare as a gateway for a medical ministry of healing, 
of the Church of Christ. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I think it's really neat to hear from both of y'all's stories um, where God has brought you and the passions that he's placed on your hearts and as we call that, your why of mm-hmm. why you're doing what you're doing for you, saying, you know, there's this, you, know, you see this potential with Mount Methodist Hospital and you're saying, okay, this I see where this can grow and God has placed that on your heart mm-hmm. to help grow that. And for you, Stanley, just with, you know, working with it from such a young age and from a young age seeing that there was a need just in Kenya for people to step up and that they need, um, you need help and, you know, you just having a heart for the people and having a heart um, for just people you see around you that um, need help and doing whatever it took to go there. Um, it's really encouraging for me to hear those stories and see how God provides to, you know, through scholarships and other things of saying, okay, God, if you're going to, if I, if you really want me to work with this, I need your help. I need you to provide a way for me to do that. And then how he does provide that. Mm. Um, well, um, as we wind down the interview, um, I like to give the people that we have on to interview a chance to say anything that might be on their hearts, anything that maybe you're excited about coming up with the hospital or anything like that. You know, this is just kind of open mic for y'all to just address the audience in any way you want. Okay. Well, uh, for me, uh, we, the hospital now has got a new initiative of, uh, recruiting, actually reaching out to the poorest of the poor in the community so that we can uh, offer them an insurance and also working with those groups so that they we can empower them to know the importance of uh, uh, ensuring that at least their families are secured um, through the National Hospital Insurance Fund. And uh, right now we are making a very serious effort uh, to recruit uh, through our churches, congregations, and other people within our community so that at least, again, we can be able to help some of these uh, very poor people who have no pension, they have no, s- I mean, they, they, they have nothing to fall back to because majority of our people have never worked and therefore they have no no, no pension. or And many of them also have probably no other support so for for us as a hospital we are really very grateful because of uh, all the people who have contributed support to the the fund that we launched this uh, this time and everywhere we have gone we have been talking about the same so again that's another effort where the hospital has found a need and they want to respond to that need so it is a win-win uh, the people will get the health care and also they will be able to use our hospital. Uh, that's what I would say. And thank you, everyone, uh, even here in the chapel, who have supported that uh, ministry of supporting uh, the poor through the $60 insurance fund for one year. Mm-hmm. I want to say a big thank you to those of you who have supported Maua Methodist Hospital. Uh, in previous years. And I also want to say that, uh, you know, the hospital and the College of Health Sciences represent a big opportunity for those who desire to participate in one way or another in developing the huge potential that exists to create a vibrant community that uh, truly identifies with the, um, you know, 
our Lord Jesus Christ in the way we serve. There are opportunities to come personally and be involved. There are also uh, opportunities to participate in building up the infrastructure in terms of training of people, getting new equipment that is needed, better working equipment, and just reaching out and strengthening the connection between the hospital and the church. Well, thank you both for coming on and talking with us this morning. Um, I mean, I know for me, um, again, it just it touches me to hear the stories that are happening. And, you know, even just talking about it, I can feel how the Holy Spirit's moving um, mm. through y'all and through all that's happening in Kenya right now with the hospital. Um, so, you know, just feel blessed to have you all on this morning to have this conversation. So thank you all. Well, thank you very much for having us. And uh, mm. it's our joy. Yeah. Thank you, Evan, for <laughs> also what you're doing um, in this ministry. All right. Thank you all. All right. Welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed that. Again, I'm just, I feel the Holy Spirit moving in that conversation, just hearing the emotions of what they have gone through, what they're going through and what they're trying to accomplish in Kenya. It stirs in me to move. Even if it's not for Kenya or it's for another organization, I realize that God can overcome many walls if we let him. If we put our faith in him and we say, okay, God, we're going to go where you call us to go, we will see God provide in many ways. And I think that's what you hear happening in Kenya right now through the Promised Child Center, through the hospital, through you know the new CEO, Justice Moretti, and the amazing things he's bringing into the organization and how he's growing it to Stanley. I'm seeing a need in his community and reaching out to the Red Cross and saying, hey, we need help here. And God calling him and saying, okay, I'm going to provide a scholarship for you to go and be a nurse and study, but you can't bring your family. And how hard that can be. And then whenever God calls us, it is hard sometimes to truly say yes. In the back of our minds, we say, okay, God, if you open up this door, I'll do it. And then whenever he opens that door, we don't want to do it. We have a struggle with that. And I've had those same struggles. And sometimes I haven't walked through those doors. But you know what the great thing is? Our God's bigger than that. And God knows that we will mess up and we will fail. And the great thing, and we've said it so many times throughout the season, and it's been cool because not, not only have I said it, but other people have said it because it's so true. But God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And I think that's what you hear over and over and over again here is God lays a passion on your heart. And then whenever you say, okay, God, I'm willing to go. Show me where to go. God will then provide the, the necessary means for that to happen. He will train you. He will equip you. He will open doors. All we have to do is step through them. At the beginning of the season, I talked about how you have your passions and you have your gifts and talents, and we've got to find ways to intersect, and that's what becomes your why. So after listening to all these amazing stories, what is your why? We're going to be taking a break over the month of December. I hope that y'all are able to find time to enjoy with your families. But more importantly, I hope you have time to reflect. Maybe go back and listen through some episodes and think, okay, I'm hearing these stories of how God is moving in people's lives. How is he moving in mine? And it might be through similar things, and it might be to work with similar organizations. Maybe it's something completely different. 
but begin to ask that question and pray about it. Okay, God, how are you providing? Okay, God, what passions are you laying on my heart? What are you, what doors are you opening for me to walk through and become receptive and ask God to open your eyes to those things and see the amazing things God will do. We here at Chapel Woody have many amazing opportunities to find this out with hands-on experiences. And we've talked about them time in and time out on this podcast. So every week we talk about different ways for you to get involved, specific ways. And obviously we talked about in the interview about ways you can get involved with Mount Methodist Hospital and all that's happening there, whether through its giving or it's through volunteering and actually going on a mission there. I want you to, I want to reflect on ways that you can be serving and through that you can find your why. Whether it's through giving and supporting a missionary or a mission project, going on a mission with Chapelwood, whether it's serving at the local level, there are many opportunities we have. So go to chapelwood.org serving, see all of our upcoming opportunities. I'm not going to list them here. I'm not going to give you a specific one because I believe that whenever you look that up, one will catch your eye and God will, and you will see, okay, maybe I should go do that. And again, whenever you follow where God is bringing you, you will see amazing things happen, not because you did them, but because God is doing them through them, through you, but you must be receptive to that. So I'm going to challenge y'all with that. Our call to action this week will be to reflect. And this isn't just for the week. I guess this is for a while till we next see each other or speak with each other, <laughs> whatever you want to say there. Reflect on what you've heard in this podcast, the stories you've heard of how God's moving through the world and locally here in Houston and begin to ask God, what part do I have to play? What are you laying on my heart to do? Then go to chapelwood.org slash serving. Look for something that is in that realm. Might not be that specific thing, but I guarantee you we have something going on that is that that has to do with that specific. And, pl- um, and figure that out. And go and find on the website where you can get plugged in that has to do with what God is laying on your heart. And begin to see him equip and call you in and open doors. My name is Evan Nering. Thank you for this season. I hope to see y'all again soon. I hope y'all will continue to listen. I would also encourage y'all to share this. Please, please share this. We put a lot of time and effort into this. And just share over the holidays with a couple friends and say, hey, go listen to this. Because we we believe here that powerful things are happening at Chapelwood, and we want to share that with y'all, and we would love for y'all to listen in on that. Again, you can reach out to, if as we get ready for season two. If you have any ideas of new things you'd like us to try out, maybe you want us to have a shorter episode or a longer episode, or maybe you want us to have more variety in our interviews or whatever it is, reach out to me. You can reach out at enaring, E-N-E-H-R-I-N-G, at chapelwood.org, C-H-A-P-E-L-W-O-O-D. Org. Go follow us on social media, and if you go to Instagram at, at ChapelwoodUMC underscore serving, you can find us on there as well and stay up to date with everything we have going on in the podcast. Our local page on Facebook is ChapelwoodServing-Local, so look that up and find it. And then you can also find us, our global page at C-U-M-C Missions, at C-U-M-C Missions.
you'll see Chapelwood Global slash National Missions on Facebook. Those are great ways to stay involved there and to stay up to date. Again, thank you all for listening to this season. We're excited to meet y'all back here in January for our second season of Your Way. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. It's going to be just more information and more people to meet and more stories to hear. So we're super excited for that. Again, I just want to thank y'all for this opportunity to be able to you know, hear these stories alongside y'all and to grow with y'all as we hear these stories. Until we see each other next time, thanks for listening to Your Why and go and find your why, people.